Hello and welcome back to another episode of Midweek Mom Talk with Dr. Jackie on 360 Talk Radio for Women. I'm Dr. Jackie and on the last episode I ended by mentioning that I wanted to be a better advocate for myself, for my children, for my family. So I decided that I wanted to speak a bit more about what that means and how I'm trying to do it. So when I mentioned advocating, I really was referring to it in a medical sense, like asking questions at the doctors, right, getting answers, providing like as full medical consent as I could and asking for alternative methods as needed or as I saw fit. But advocating for yourself or your loved ones isn't restricted to the medical environment. It can really be in any setting. And I do view it as being similar to setting boundaries with people. You advocate for what you want, you vocalize and express what you want or don't want, and that's advocating, which is essentially setting boundaries as well. So I'm going to use the two terms fairly interchangeably throughout this segment. So like I mentioned last time, I suck at boundary setting. I really hate confrontation and I do my best to avoid it. I don't do well in confrontational situations. Either I ignore the problem or I don't speak up or I'm just in shock to whatever might have occurred and it isn't until way later that I get my thoughts in order and have that like, oh, I wish I said this kind of moment after as the situation replays in my head. I'll give you an example. My son was due in mid-December and our house had original windows, which were getting very drafty. And so my husband and I decided to change all of the bedroom windows before my son was born. So we wanted to get a few quotes, right, as most people do when they have a large house project. But the first quote that we got was what seemed to us extremely high and we weren't so interested in the sales techniques that the guy was trying, like they just weren't so compelling for us. You know, the like buy today and save a bunch or whatever, right? The savings weren't so extreme, but it was also just our first opinion that we got. So we we weren't ready to buy anything on the spot and we knew that going into the meeting and I, I think the guy did too. I don't remember that, but anyway, as he's trying to sell us these windows, the and we're saying no the man responds and he says to me you want your baby sleeping in a room with drafty windows and so now i'm you know like what and he's essentially trying to guilt and shame me into making a purchase i was very taken aback um i kind of just awkward laughed because it was uncomfortable And, you know, my husband didn't really say anything either, but we both just stood firm with a no thank you and the guy left. But once he left, I was so angry at his comment and I wished that I had said something to him, you know, like stand up for myself and my parenting choices. Like, no, I don't want my kid in a drafty room, but that's, you know, that's exactly why I'm getting new windows. And thanks to your comment, that's exactly why I'm not getting them from you. You know, like... That I don't know what kind of technique that was, but it really pissed me off. But again, it wasn't until after the situation had ended that I had thought of anything to say. And I wish I had just said to him, 
really anything, like anything could have been fine. It didn't have to be mean or confrontational, just like anything to tell him that his comment was rude or inappropriate and then, you know, kindly ask him to leave like in that moment. That would have been, I think, satisfactory for me. But again, did not do that. Another example, and this one is closer to like a typical advocating situation. I took my son to a doctor's appointment and the doctor wanted to do this one thing, but I wanted it done another way. So I asked a few questions, right, just to help me make my decision. And the doctor then got very snippy and rude. And ultimately, I made the decision that I wanted. But I heard him talking about me to the nurse in the hallway. And while I'm glad I made the choice that I did, like I didn't let him or his snarkiness change my mind, I definitely wish I had said something about the way that he treated me in my decision and talked about me behind my back. Like I heard him through the door in into the hallway. So did not love that. Um, I have done my best to avoid this doctor since then. We go to a pediatric practice that has multiple doctors, so I can decide who we see for scheduled appointments, and I definitely don't select him anymore. But emergencies or sick visits or anything like that, it's just whoever's on call, so it's definitely possible that I'll see him again. But again, I do try my best to avoid him. But anyway... I think what I really need to work on is speaking up in the moment, but without getting emotional, or it looks like you're losing control and then you're taken even less seriously. And by emotional, I don't just mean like crying, but also raising my voice or giving an attitude, right? That's also how boundary setting or advocating for yourself can turn into a hostile situation which is what I am trying to avoid. I'm kind of trying to get the best of both worlds where I advocate for myself, I set the boundary, the person listens, but there is no confrontation. I'm not sure if that's possible. I definitely hope it's possible. But now that I think about it, I don't know if I've ever really seen it. I don't know. I think because... I think when people set boundaries, right, it's usually because of past experiences where they felt disrespected or maybe they're trying to prevent certain things from happening. And I know whenever I think about a setting, um, whenever I think about setting a boundary or I'm going into a situation, I'm about to go into a situation where I might need to advocate, I often build up this conversation in my head and it's not like a fun bubbly chat that I prepare, right? And then in the moment, I'll either freeze or I'll bail out or I'll just lose control of my emotions. And I think it might be because I've built up so much in my head. So I go into the situation already feeling on edge. So maybe that's what happens with other people too. But I do believe that practicing a skill can help you get better at it. And practicing advocating, practicing setting boundaries is not so different from practicing other skills. So right now, what I've been doing is going to every doctor's appointment with a list of questions, even if it's just one or two things. And I ask those questions, even if the doctor is acting like my time is up and they're rushing me out the door. 
I still make sure to ask the question or questions that I came in with. I show up on time, if not early, to my appointments. So I have questions about my medical care and I have the right to ask them, right, and get some sort of response. I also don't ask nonsense questions, right? I'm not just asking a question to ask a question. I really come up with, you know, I try to think of, okay, what do I really need to know or want to know? So they're not nonsense questions, but most of them can be answered with a quick yes or no or a short reply, right? It's nothing too complicated that I prepared in advance, but it is helping me practice to advocate for myself, especially if the doctor is trying to rush out of the room, because I want that practice so that should a situation come up that I do need more clarification or I do have you know, more in-depth questions, I'm hoping that I won't freeze in the moment since I've practiced asking questions. So I think really it's not asking the questions that's being so helpful as much as making sure to ask even when I know the doctor is ready to brush me aside. So that's the one thing I'm doing. I do kind of think that setting boundaries with people in your life is harder like friends or family, because everyone kind of feels a sense of entitlement to do what they want, and they'll get offended when someone doesn't agree with them or asks them to do something different or not to do something, right? This definitely happened to me with my son when he was a newborn, and it continues to happen now periodically. But the things that are happening now are really more related to just like my parenting choices. Like I'll tell someone I want this done or I don't want that done. And, you know, they'll kind of just do whatever. So while it's definitely annoying and borderline disrespectful when people go against my parenting wishes, it's not typically that something that's dangerous, right? So, I mean, you know, do I want people to respect my parenting decisions yes but if like someone else is watching my son and they're not doing something dangerous then you know again annoying but not not horrible but something that I should work on I guess but anyway so that's what's going on now again not dangerous things whereas when he was a newborn I was trying to be pretty strict with who could hold him and making sure that people don't go into his face or kiss his face, right? Especially since he was born in December during COVID. It wasn't something crazy I was doing, or so I thought. I was just trying to protect my baby. But regardless of COVID, regardless of time of year, regardless what type of medical interventions you prefer, Right, from what I can see, everyone from all sides kind of knows and agrees that you can't kiss a newborn in the face. It can be very, very dangerous for the baby. And as a new mom, as far as letting people hold my son, I was just not so comfortable with people taking my baby. I was very protective for multiple reasons, but I think a big one being that if someone else has my baby then they are in control and can do what they want instead of my being in control and they doing what I want as his mom. And obviously that fear of mine has been proven to be kind of accurate and it still continues to in a sense. 
But in that, in that time, in that period, someone did in fact kiss my newborn son in the face multiple times, and I was extremely upset. I, got, I actually got crap from people who saw it for essentially my letting that happen. And instead of saying something to the person who did it or to the people blaming me, I froze in that moment. Um, At some point, I think I cried and then I lost my temper a bit, which actually came out a few minutes later when I was trying to change my baby's diaper. And for whatever reason, everyone was surrounding us like it was this whole production. And I snapped and found a way with a lot of attitude in my voice for sure to ask everyone to go away. And to give us some space. But anyway, so this was the first time that my son really met his family members outside of his parents. So I know everyone was super excited to meet him, but it was very stressful for me. I wasn't sure exactly what to expect, but I remember going into it, kind of coming up with different scenarios that might happen, right? So I came up with all of these potential things in my head. But I didn't actually come up with a plan or tell anyone ahead of time what I definitely wanted or didn't want because I was so afraid of offending people. So I basically just hoped that people would know somehow or like people would assume what I wanted. So obviously it didn't happen. This time around, I've already started thinking about how I want to go about things. I have started thinking of potential scenarios that might happen, but I'm trying to come up with a game plan and basically hold everyone to the same rules that I set in place and letting them know what those rules are and then just keep it moving. So, so far, the only thing I've done really is decide with my husband that we won't share the baby's name until after delivery. But I did have someone ask my husband actually for a first letter so that they could start guessing. And my husband was fine with it, but he asked me, which I was happy for, and I said no. And my husband was like, but they just want a letter. And I said, I don't care what they want. This is what I want and what we agreed on. And that was that. That was fine, right? A few weeks later, the people did ask me, Again, like, oh, are you sure we can't have the first letter? And I said, no, you know, I'm not giving you the first letter. It was like an upbeat conversation. It wasn't mean or confrontational, but I was clear. And I must say I am quite proud of myself because it sounds like no big deal. But in the past, I probably would have caved and given it to them or then just gotten like really upset or really angry. Like, oh, why are they pushing my boundaries? Right. But in this situation, like, I didn't have any of those extra emotions. I just made it clear what I wanted, what that boundary was, and that's it. And then we kept it moving, right, moved forward. So that was my first real setting boundaries victory, I want to call it. I do think being a second-time mom, I have a bit more experience and information kind of going into these situations because they're not totally novel, so I have some sort of idea what to expect. Like, now I know not everyone realizes, you know, you don't kiss a newborn. Or if they do realize, then they can't really be trusted, maybe, in that moment to pick common sense over their excitement in meeting the baby. So what I'm thinking is I'll just ask everyone to wear a mask if they want to hold the baby. 
I don't really care who the person is or how they feel about masks. If they want to hold the baby, they'll wear a mask. That's where I'm going with it right now. That's kind of what I'm coming up with in my head. That way, it's not like some people have to wear it, but others don't. And really why I'm doing it or why I'm thinking to do it this way, I'm hoping that having that extra step of if they're wearing a mask, that they have to then pull their mask down to plant a kiss on my baby. I'm hoping we'll just prevent it from happening altogether. Plus, I kind of hope that their mask will catch their spit when they talk. Ugh. All right. Anyway, I'm not using masks, like, in a political way, just so you know. It's not even COVID-related. I just want that extra barrier between my baby's face and someone else's face. And I think that this is a good solution. Maybe fewer people will want to even hold the baby altogether. And that'll be great. Keep my anxieties down. And my baby safe. Alright, not gonna lie. Talking about this is actually raising my anxiety levels. Because I know, even you know, from whoever's listening here, I know that not everyone agrees with wearing masks. And I know some people will refuse or be offended or think I'm dumb for it. But again, it's not about the mask. It's about people keeping their faces away from my newborn. Or essentially, it's about my, it's my way of trying to keep people's faces away from my newborn. The other scenarios I'm currently battling with are when to have visitors in the hospital or afterwards at what time right how many days later or weeks later when should my son meet his sibling should other people be there when my son meets his sibling I kind of want my kids meeting to be about them and something intimate for us as a little family unit so I'm trying to figure out what the best way is to make that happen again I also feel like people might be offended if they don't get to witness it But it's just, like, to me, it's not about them. It's about my kids, right? So that's something that I have to kind of decide and figure out how it's going to go. As far as visitors go, it's hard to know right now because I have no idea how I'm going to feel in the moment. I kind of liked nobody being allowed with my son because we basically just did skin-to-skin, nursed or practiced latching all day. So it was nice not having to really get dressed or really talk to anybody other than the baby, my husband, and the nurses and doctors that were coming in, right? I didn't have to have any, like, small talk, chit-chat, or anything like that. But again, I have no idea how I'm going to feel in the moment this time around. And people are starting to ask. For the most part, people are asking what the rules are nowadays. So I've just been saying, you know, oh, I don't know what visiting rules are right now, which isn't a total lie. I'm really not 100% sure what they are, but I'm pretty sure visitors to some extent are allowed. But I think just kind of talking out loud here while I'm here, I think I'll start maybe saying that I don't know how I'm going to feel. I'm going to tell them, right, exactly what I just said to all of you, which is the truth. I don't know how I'm going to feel. So I think maybe we'll let them know if we want visitors when the time comes. So this way, I'm advocating for what I want instead of what they want. And I'm creating that boundary ahead of time. So I'm not lying. I'm, you know, kind of letting people know I don't know what I'm going to want or, you know, how I'm going to feel. And this way, they kind of have a sense of, okay, so she's not sure. 
and I'm hoping it'll prevent them from feeling like they have the right to just come visit just because they want to visit, right? So I'm hoping it'll kind of give them a bit of a heads up with, like, I'll let them know or we'll let them know when to come when the time is right. While it does feel a bit stressful to talk about out loud, just like even here, I think talking about it like this and just having this conversation with all of you, but also essentially with myself, is helpful in my planning of, you know, how to go about things. I am a big time planner. I do like to have things in place and I know it's like a little bit about you know having the control but I also think in this situation it is helpful to have some things like in mind and keep things set and prepared ahead of time so that I can tell people so that they can kind of get a heads up of you know this is what she wants or doesn't want and that way it won't be such a shock to people in the moment either um but yeah this this actually has been very helpful And I will be sure to keep you updated on how all of that goes and how it all comes along. But in the meantime, if you have any tips for what's worked for you when it comes to setting boundaries or advocating for yourself, or the opposite, if you have tips on what not to do, please let me know. You can send me a message, slide right into the DMs on Instagram, my handle is Motion Spot LLC. I definitely want to hear from you, not only the good, but the bad, right? What to try, what to definitely avoid. Anything that you might have to say will be very helpful. I would love to hear stories from you. If you can give me examples, that would be great. Again, anything would be helpful. While we're on this topic, just in general, I have been kind of thinking like, What came first, the chicken or the egg? Am I bad at setting boundaries and advocating for myself because I have tried in the past and felt like I haven't been respected? So it's like harder for me to do, right? If I feel like, I don't know, I need the control, but I'm not having control, I'm not sure. Or is it maybe something like in my personality that makes me not good at setting boundaries and so people feel like they don't have to listen or take me seriously like which came first have I tried and failed or is it just that like my personality makes it harder for me to succeed or am I not succeeding because I've previously failed that's kind of what's on my mind right now I'm not sure I'm not sure which one it is I kind of feel like I probably at some point tried to set a boundary as maybe a child but like didn't obviously realize it would be called a boundary and perhaps that boundary wasn't respected and so maybe that's just kind of what happened i'm not sure or maybe maybe instead of like actively setting a boundary maybe it was like a trust thing maybe i expected like or assumed someone would i I don't know okay anyway If you have any idea, if you're in the psych field or anything like that, let me know what you think it is. What makes boundary setting so difficult, not just for me, but for other people? Or is it always hard? Like I've heard people having, you know, no problem with it, but it does kind of seem like people who don't have difficulties with setting boundaries are just like not abrasive people, but they're just people who like just don't care. 
like what other people think or what other people say and they have friends and family and people who love them anyway so I'm always like you know why can't I be like that why can't I be more like just concrete and get to the point right that's why I was so proud of myself for telling the people who wanted the first letter of the baby's name why I was so proud of telling them like no you know like it was simple like it wasn't rough or anything I just said no and that's what we wanted to do and that was it and we moved on and I would love to have more moments like that where it is simple and it comes naturally without fears or confrontation right I just wish I knew how to do that so that's what I wanted to share in this first half hour of our episode today definitely something that I'm practicing and again if you have any tips or stories wins that you've experienced of setting boundaries or advocating for yourself would love to hear from you send me a message on instagram motion spot llc m-o-t-i-o-n-s-p-o-t-l-l-c and in the next half hour I think I'm gonna switch topics just a little bit and I guess a lot of it still mom related though so that's why I said a little bit and we're gonna talk about mom friends making mom friends finding mom friends how do you do that hope you stick with us welcome to the second half of today's midweek mom talk episode on 360 talk radio for women I'm Dr. Jackie and we're talking mom friends So far, from what I can tell at least, there seem to be three types of mom friends. You have your virtual mom friends, in real life mom friends, and mom friends whose kids aren't the same age as your kids, or they're already having like multiple kids and you're kind of on your first kid, right? Something like that. That last group, I will say, is really a hit or miss, but we'll talk about that throughout the show today throughout this episode so let's start with real life mom friends if you've been listening to the show since the beginning you'll know that i have a core group of mom friends we originally call ourselves the mom squad i say original because it's ironic i'm sure there are multiple mom squads around But anyway, originally, we call ourselves the Mom Squad. I've had a few of these friends on the show before, but if you're new around here, I'm going to give you some quick background info. So my son was born December 2020, and through my pregnancy, I had exactly one friend who was also pregnant with her first child, and our boys are actually now three months apart. So we basically spent our entire pregnancies together and once our babies were born we got through that fourth trimester together as well and then magically one day we were on a walk with our strollers and saw another mom on a walk with her stroller so we stopped and we chatted and it turned out that she also had a 2020 baby and also had exactly one friend with a baby the same age as her daughter So she introduced us to her friend, and suddenly our pair of two moms turned into a small group of four. From there, we met another mom on a walk with her stroller, turning four into five. 
then met another mom on a stroller walk, turning five into six. And I'll also mention that of the six, three of us live in the same community, one in the next town over, and one whose family lives in our neighborhood, so she's often here. So that is six people that I met in essentially my area just because we were on a walk. Most of us are neighbors, but we had never met before, interacted before. We had lived here for various periods of time. One mom had been here for many years. I had been here for a a year or two. um, And then the other one had been here for a little bit less than I have, but actually moved in around a similar time. But anyway, so that was six. And now, so that was 2020, basically 2021, about two years later, that six is now closer to 15. So we now have a group of roughly 15 mom friends. We have this big group chat going. It's active basically all day, every day. If someone has something happen, whether good, bad, right, needs advice, needs to vent, literally anything, it's put in the chat. And for a lot of us, this group chat is actually our go-to for all things. Motherhood, parenting, baby daddy dramas, life wins, literally everything. This is like the first place that we go to. The first place that we send that message. And what's also cool is that we actually hang out in person as much as possible. We don't all live in the same area, even though those first six of us we're we're fairly local to one another um but you know people move and whatever and as our group has grown not everyone is within the five to ten minute 20 minute drive but we still hang out in person as much as possible usually with the babies but we have done some things that were mom only hangouts and things like that We all have different backgrounds. We have different parenting styles when it comes to those finer details. We have different opinions about a bunch of things, but our group works because we all respect each other and each other's choices. What connects us is not that we are all the same, but that we are all moms who have babies that are around the same age. So we're basically all going through the same things at the same time since our kids are relatively the same age maybe one person went through something a month ago and then another person is going through the same thing and asks for advice right things like that and that is really the the not the main point but it's a big part of our group and the purpose behind it like we can vent and talk to each other about anything but we also ask each other for advice or opinions and things like that I do recognize that our group and our situation is a bit unique in the fact that quarantine basically made us all starved for mom friends. It seemed like, to me anyway, it kind of seems like there comes an age or a point in your life where people don't really try to make new friends, but becoming a parent, especially when most friends that you might already have aren't parents yet, definitely makes you want to make new friends. And on top of that, especially becoming a parent during a time of total isolation, we really needed each other. 
And I think that's kind of how this whole thing started. We are all very blessed. We all are always expressing how grateful we are to have met one another. And I mean, for the most part, you know, we met accidentally. Like some of us maybe knew each other beforehand, like my one friend and then that other mom had her one friend. But, you know, otherwise our group came together essentially by accident. So I will say that this is definitely my favorite type of mom friend to have. Having a group like this whose kids are all relatively the same age and, you know, we're all just similar in that sense. Because we have kids the same age, that's what connects us. We're all basically in that same, in the same place, I would say, in life. Like just with parenting, not, not necessarily with anything else, but just in our mom journeys, we're all in a pretty similar place. And we get to hang out in person as well as chit-chat online, right, on on our, on our group chat. So I do know, I guess we'll talk about the third group real quick. I do know some people who have older kids or multiple kids, right, Those that's that third group of mom friends that you might have, people who are moms as well, but they're not really in the same place as you. Their kids are older or they have multiple and you are having your first, something like that. So I do have friends like that, but I'm thinking as I'm as I'm talking here, what connects me with those mom friends primarily is not that we are moms. Like that's not why we became friends or what drew us to one another. It's really, you know, just being a mom is more of a coincidence or an added bonus. Like there definitely is a level of understanding there right? That friends who don't have kids don't totally get. Not in a bad way. It's just, it's just different. Like once you are a mom, you get certain things that non-moms wouldn't fully understand. Kind of like empathy versus sympathy, right? Like your non-mom friend can have sympathy for how tired you are or the tantrums that you're dealing with or the sleep regressions, right? Whereas mom friends can have that empathy because they've been there and they can put themselves in your shoes during those moments. So I do have friends like this, right? But I will say that some mom friends who have older kids or multiple kids will sometimes act like superior in a way, kind of like they know everything, like they're this experienced person. And I don't love that. I have experienced that before um, with, you know, a mom or two who have multiple kids and I was on my first or just whatever. So it seemed like they did a lot of the like, oh, just you wait or like, you know, something along those lines, which are not helpful comments. But it's also just possible that maybe their personalities are just a certain way and just not the type of personality that I mesh as well with. I don't know. Um, Okay, but anyway, so the last group of mom friends we can talk about is virtual. Virtual mom friends are interesting because I don't know at what point do you consider yourself like friends is if you're in like a large Facebook group and sometimes you're active in there, sometimes you're just reading posts, right? Are those people your friends? I don't know, probably not so much. But having those large Facebook groups, you can 
you know, see what other people are, maybe questions people they're asking or things that they're going through. And you can see what then other moms are replying for advice or opinions or experiences, things like that. So that is, in my opinion, the good thing about having those virtual mom groups, even if they are very large. I know there are like a million Facebook groups out there. I am part of a couple that are specific to where I live. Um, For the most part, those types of Facebook groups are great for people sharing different programs that might be going on for kids and families and events like in the area, stuff like that. So things that you can do with your child. And then it also gives a greater potential that perhaps you will meet somebody in that group who is local and, you know, you have things in common. And then that virtual friend could perhaps become an in-person, in-real-life type of friend. The other Facebook groups that I'm in for parenting for moms are, um, I guess I'm in two of them now, but it's the ones that are specific to when you are due with your baby. So I'm in one group that's for December 2020 parents. I'm in another group then for June 2023. So I... Those are very large groups. I'm not super active in those, but I do read them just to see like where other, you know, moms are at with their toddlers or, you know, those 2020 moms, a lot of them are now having their second babies also. So I like reading about how they are kind of handling that transition and how things are going. And if there is any advice there or things that I should be made more aware of in the, um, 2023 group that I'm in that one right now I am a bit more active in than the first one because I have a baby already so a lot of the moms there ask questions like specifically asking second time moms you know how was this or how was that do you have advice about this or that so I can share more like experiences of mine in that group and hopefully help other moms with you know answering their questions um i also like to see you know how their pregnancies are going and see if you know they're experiencing similar things that i'm experiencing or if anyone has pain or difficulty or whatever and i can help in any way with my background i can you know comment on their post and give them a couple of quick like exercise tips and things like that so i don't know if those are really considered friends but we do talk um, in a way, but it's a, a lot of activity. It can be kind of overwhelming, but it's a lot of different personalities. Sometimes those groups are really just for entertainment. Like if there's a drama happening or something, it could be kind of funny. Or reading about like mother-in-law dramas or siblings or friends or, you know, this person didn't come to my baby shower or whatever. It's just like funny little things that are entertaining when it's not your drama, right? So that's what I like about those Facebook groups. So again, there are two kind of different types of Facebook groups for moms. You have the ones where they're specific to moms who have babies around your age, around your your baby's age rather. And then there are mom groups that are more local, local to where you live. There is also a third group, which is... um, 
like it's like a category that's specific to something you might be looking for maybe you need help with if you're with sleep with your baby's sleep or with feeding maybe you're doing baby led weaning and then there is I'm sure more than one Facebook group about baby led weaning um if you have if you're I don't know there are a bunch of different like specific categories that you can join and then you can meet people who are like that also maybe you're you're strictly a Montessori parent and you can join then a Facebook group that's specific to raising your kids in a Montessori style home right things like that so you can definitely join those as well and that might be a way for you to connect with people who are going through similar things or you know kind of like-minded ideas and parenting styles so then the other aside from Facebook groups or other social medias like Facebook you also have apps for parents so so most of the parenting apps are from what I've seen anyway they tend to be about like tracking your um, either your pregnancy or then tracking once baby is born their their growth and their appointments and their eating and their sleeping things like that and then those apps usually also have an option for community chats so you can you know see what different forums are there and what platform what um not platforms but conversations or questions people are asking and you can connect through people on the app that way i've only heard of one maybe two apps that are specifically for making mom friends we've all i'm sure a lot of us have heard of peanut I don't know exactly how it works. Um I think it's really only for moms and you I guess would put in your location um and see if there's anyone else in in that area, but there's also a new app and I'm hoping to have the creator of that app on the show soon, but there's a new app called Mamigo and that is not specific to moms it's actually from what i'm understanding it's really for parents for any kind of parent all types of parents and i again i want i don't want to talk more about it because i don't know all the details but i'm trying to get in touch with the creator of that app so hopefully they can tell us you know more about their app how this app is different than other potential apps and you know how it could be helpful in creating mom friends for you so or just parenting friends right it doesn't have to specifically be mom friends but that's something that hopefully will be coming to us soon that conversation in a future episode uh, i don't want to promise a specific date cuz i am again just starting to reach out to this person but the app i believe is live and active so if you want to check that app out you're of course welcome to In the meantime, I will see again if I can get them on here and give us more information and you know where the idea came from and things like that. Anyway, I will say that having any type of mom friend is really like the key to survival, whether that's a group on Facebook and you might not see the people in person, but you can at least, you know, ask questions or chat somehow or if it's in-person moms even if they're not having kids around the same age as yours like honestly it's better than nothing 
it's just like I don't know for the most part like moms just get it in a different way than other people even like in a different way than dads get it like it's just different so highly recommend trying to make mom friends looking for mom friends if you need a mom friend I'll be your mom friend I love making friends like no matter what so if you need someone to even just talk to like on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you can always message me my Instagram is motionspotllc so we can chat on there maybe we can take it off Instagram if you're local we can be friends in real life or if you're ever in the Jersey area, we can hang out, or if I'm ever in your area, we can hang out, but the point is, mom friends are definitely a must-have in motherhood, if you can make it with a friend, make a friend, rather, while you are, you know, expecting or waiting for your child to arrive, that would be fun, especially if you're using the same, you know, methods of becoming parents, like my two friends who, um, the first person I met when I was on a walk and we met that other mom, right? Her one and only previous mom friend was someone that they met because they both were going through adoption. They were going through the adoption process to become parents. So that's really how they connected. Um, I had other friends who, you know, they found out as, you know, in our mom group, of course, eventually we find things out about each other as we get to know each other better. A couple of mom friends went through IVF or did different genetic testings and things like that. And so that, you know, similarity connected them. So if you are, you know, regardless of of how you're becoming a parent, if you are in that stage and you happen to meet somebody who's also in that same stage going through that same path, I think that would be probably the most ideal way to start a friendship so that you can go through the whole thing like as long as possible together from from the beginning until the babies come and through you know through your babies growing up and through parenting and through all the different things of course we don't all you know we're not all able to meet people at that exact time that we might want them to be there but at any point in the parenting journey highly recommend looking and finding and making and being open to making new friends it's really just the only way to survive parenting i like hate talking about it as if parenting is like this negative thing because i love my son and i obviously love being a mom i'm you know wanting more kids and all of that but it's not easy. Like, it's definitely not an easy thing. It's very hard. Every day can be difficult at times. You know, like, yes, every day can be great also. But it's just, like, unless you're a mom, like I'm saying, like, you just get it. Like, you get what I'm saying right now. Again, I love being a mom. And, like, I I really do hate when people are negative about it. Or, like, the, oh, just you wait. Or, like, you know, you think you're tired now. You know, like, that's not helpful. Like, yes, we know parenting is hard. Motherhood is hard. But it's also extremely rewarding and you just need, you, you need other mom friends who will get exactly where you're coming from and what you're dealing with. And even if they don't get the exact detail, at least they'll understand to an extent because you'll have that connection of both being moms, which again is really what connects my mom friend group, that mom squad group 
what connects us is not necessarily that we're all exactly the same person or have the same beliefs or the same styles or upbringings or backgrounds or anything. What connects us is that our kids are relatively the same age, so we're going through similar things at basically a similar time. And really what's very important is that we do understand that we all have differences and we respect each other and we're just there to support one another, lean on each other when needed, help each other out as best we can. And it's such a blessing. I just can't say enough positive things, enough good things about connecting with other moms. So I hope that gets the point across. Make mom friends. Be open to it. Don't think you're you know, too old or at a certain point in your life where you don't want make you don't want to make new friends or you can't make new friends or other people don't want to make new friends. For the most part, like moms are always trying to make new friends. So, you know, find people that you connect with and it'll be great. All right, enough rambling about that. Again, you can always message me if you want to be friends. Motion Spot LLC is my handle on Instagram. Or if you have any questions about anything at all, um, motherhood, postpartum, anything along those lines, I'm happy to see if I can be of assistance. And I think before I continue rambling on forever and ever, let's call it a day. So thank you for tuning in. As always, I hope this has been a helpful, hopefully uplifting or inspiring hour for you. Thank you for joining me. And I hope you tune in next week, same time, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. This is Midweek Mom Talk with Dr. Jackie on 360 Talk Radio for Women. Bye-bye for now.